Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. It's 105 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Derek Scott helping us out today. Brendan Escott down at Elks Practice. Oilers Now brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. And, uh, uh, we're going to head straight off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort and Casino, excitement bet on it, open 24-7-365. As our Oilers Now headliner today is Edmonton Oilers, Director of Amateur Scouting, Tyler Wright. And our headliner is presented, as always, by Will Hawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Will Hawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We welcome back to the show... Tyler, right? Hello, Tyler. How are you doing? Good, Bob. Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, just before we get to the here and now, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, you heard Randy Kilburn, because I know you're on hold. Uh, he was doing the sports there, and he mentioned Dan Lambert uh, joining the Calgary Flames organization as a scout. And if I recall correctly, is he not a former teammate of yours with the Swift Current Broncos? He was. Uh, um, you know, a little bit undersized defenseman, but uh, put up big numbers in the Western League and uh, played a little bit. My, now you're starting to date us back in the Quebec Nordique days and uh, worked out here a little bit. Coach Kelowna Rockets uh, went over to Europe and then obviously with Nashville here the last four years. So it's good to see him back in the game here uh, with the uh, Flames. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Um, my cousin was actually on that uh, a cousin through marriage was on that team with you guys that year uh in fact i think he got moved to seattle that season uh peter kozelski do you remember did you play with peter yeah yeah i played with peter he's a cop now in edmonton yes. i do believe yes he, cool. he was a skilled guy wasn't he skilled off very player. skilled high high high-end skill he was terrific in front of the net on the power play yeah the broncos had won the 89 memorial cup and then tyler wright ended up uh becoming a you were you would have been younger you like you were like 16 17 with those guys at that time right that's kind of before you you blossomed yeah, into 15. the star-studded yeah. first round pick you turned out to be Oh, yeah, star-studded, exactly. <laughs> right. Move on. Move on. All right, well, let's get to it. Uh, hey, you're good enough to play in a league. That's more than I can say, Tyler. Uh, this is a, you know, this has got to be a little bit different for you. When's the, when's the last time you didn't, uh, during your time in Columbus, Detroit, or Edmonton, where you didn't have a, is this the first draft where you, have, you didn't have a first-round draft choice to work with at the draft? Yeah, that's correct. It, uh, it is a little different. Um don't have a lot of picks, but at the end of the day, we're still, uh, you know, grinding it forward and uh, trying to be prepared for whatever gets thrown at us, and we have to be. So, 
Um, maybe we'll have less picks. Maybe we'll have more picks. I'm not sure, but we're prepared for it. All right. Well, we'll get to that in a second because uh, you're not just the director of amateur scouting. You're also the director of player personnel. Um, does part of you... You know, you drafted uh, Reed Schaefer. <laughs> Your number one's going to be included in a deal to get Matthias Ekholm. Is is part of you like, wow, those are those are assets that are. Or conversely, do you just look at the return of the player that you got? As you know, you're obviously in conversation with Edmonton Oilers general manager Ken Holland as that trade went down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mean we're in this to win it just as much as anybody and um you know i mean within the organization and uh if that means that uh, we have to put in a a, a player that uh, or a pick um for that matter obviously you know the return was at home um he really helped solidify our blue blue line i think he helped bouchard uh become a better player as well so um you know, it's it's hard to to see these young kids uh, move on, but at the end of the day, we're we're trying to win the Stanley Cup, and we believed at that time that it was the right move. And um, you know, he's he's got a couple more years left on his contract. I think that was big, it wasn't for a rental. Um, so, you know, we're just uh, got to find a way to find some more players to the draft here. All right, and as a result of looking for, to find a way to find some more players. Is the second round pick a wild card? Like, could, could it be theoretically parlay, uh, parlayed into a couple picks later on in the draft, or conversely worked into a trade to improve the team in here now? Is it wide open? I think so. Um, I think we're open for really a, any scenario. Um, have had some conversations on both ends of it. Um, so I, I think uh, you know we're just trying to make sure that we give ourselves options if 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 the second round pick uh, can help us um, you know say you know September one or October one um, I think that's in play but also if uh, if it's not in play and our you know our, our cluster of guys is has moved on obviously we're gonna have to wait for 55 guys to go before us so. Um, you know, a trade back scenario is always always a, an opportunity, but we're we're hopeful that um, there's a player there that we like that that slides. There usually is. Um, we just kind of make sure it's the right pick. In a cap system, uh, Tyler, if it's me, I would draft by organizational need. I would do that in a cap system uh, because there's a time frame uh, when players age out and all those other things. What's your headspace on that? I mean, we always hear, well, we're going to draft the best available player. And I'm like, do you necessarily need, I mean, in hockey's case, because you're drafting 18-year-old kids, it's not like the NFL draft where you're you're drafting 22-year-olds and fifth and sixth and seventh round draft choices end up at, at minimum playing as special teams players before maybe becoming starters. But you know, when you're talking picks in the first couple of rounds, can you prioritize drafting by organizational need and maybe building a little bit more depth in certain areas? Yeah, I think it's I think it's talked about a lot uh, for sure. Um, I think it you know gets used in various scenarios. Um, a you know it just happens to be maybe an area of need where that player is. Um, B, is it a tiebreaker between you're trying to determine, um, you know, between maybe two defensemen or two forwards, you know, one being a winger, one being a centerman, or, or even a goaltender for that matter. So I, I think that it, not that I think, I know it does. We, we do talk about it at length. Um, do we prioritize it? Um, yeah, you I mean, 
it's in our mind for sure. I mean, at the end of the day, if you have no centermen or you have no D, if you don't draft them and develop them, um, they're hard to come by. Goalies for that matter too. You mean, so you look at the organizational depth, um, you know, we've traded a lot of picks here in the last couple of years. Uh, we've tried to get creative a little bit on the open market uh, through college in, in Europe. Um, where we're trying to maybe get some more players. Um, obviously, we went out and, and traded our fifth for Jaden Gruby, the captain of the Red Deer Rebels, um, you know, three-year captain of the Western League. We we made a decision that, you know, if it was there in the fifth round that we would take him. We had the opportunity to, to get him signed. So, um, you know, just another big six-foot-three centerman, um, right-handed. Um, you know, those fit the bill a little bit where we were – uh, I would say lacking through the organization, and um, that's why we made that trade. Well, I mean, that's we went. We'll continue down that path a, a bit here with uh, the orders director of player personnel and uh, director of amateur scouting, Tyler Wright, Bob Stoffer, with you on orders now. I mean, you went down a path a year ago that not a lot of organizations have done when you when you went and signed No. Philip, and. Uh, uh, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I mean, we found out uh, from Ken Holland in an interview that he did with Daniel Nugent Bowman last week uh, that Philp had officially retired. It's 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 too bad because it looked like you found a pretty good prospect there. Yeah, and uh, you know it is unfortunate. Um, you know he's a you know a young man that played his first year pro this year and probably exceeded expectations for us. Um, you know, scoring 19 goals, um, playing in the in the middle full time, I think, which um, kind of took him back to his days in in Seattle. But um, you know, he's got some personal stuff that he's trying to take care of, and we wish him all the all the best. But it's another way of looking outside the box. We, right. you know, we're trying to look through CIS and um, you know Europe and and those type of players when. Or those type of people, when when you don't have a lot of picks, uh, you can't just let the, the the pipeline dry up. You've got to get creative and 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 find some players somehow. And um, you know, it was one of them that uh, we thought was a good signing. Uh, it still was a good signing. He had a tremendous year last year, and um, you know, unfortunately, he uh, decided that his head quite wasn't into it right now, which I totally understand and respect him for that decision. Um, but he had a, he had a real good year. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I'm like, I love the group, uh, the Jaden Groovy trade, you know, that I, I just, to me, it totally makes sense taking, it, it helps because you would have had lots of viewings on him. Obviously playing for Red Deer. He is a captain. He's not a timid player. He's a big, frankly, with all due respect to Noah, he's probably further along at the same age in his development as Noah was at that stage. And we saw what Noah ended up doing at 23-24. So uh, it could be an intriguing guy for you. So you're not sure what you're going to have with the second. Um, In the sixth or the seventh, are there strategic advantages to drafting players players out of, as an example, the NCAA, headed to the NCAA or headed to Europe just because you retain their rights longer than maybe uh, uh, players out of major junior? Um, you know, I think if you, you look at the trend through the, the drafts here in the last maybe, say, five, six years, I think it has been a little bit of a trend. Um Obviously, we're aware of it and we're we're mindful of it. Is it the deciding factor? I would say not for us. Um, you know, we're we still think that there are players out there in in major junior and um, you know that you can still get in the in the later rounds that can you know find a way to 
you know, you, you look at a guy like Mark Stone. He's a six-round pick out of out of Brandon. Um, you know, you, you know, when I was in Columbus, we took a kid out of out of Brandon as well, Matt Calvert. Um, um, you know, we took Max Warner in the seventh. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago that we have high hopes for. So, um, their their players are there. So I think we're mindful of it. Is it the determining factor for us? Absolutely not. Uh, Tyler, you know, we started today's show talking a bit about the situation of the Calgary Flames. Uh, I want the Flames to be as good as they possibly can be because competition makes people better. I want the I want to see the battle of. If it was up to me, we'd have a battle of Alberta every year. It'd be awesome for the province in hockey. But one of the things that's worked against the Flames, and I think you know where I'm going with this. You know what they uh, they drafted Goodrow, um, got him later on. He was the fourth round pick in Nugent Hopkins draft year. Uh, they drafted Kachuk. Okay, both players are American. Before that, they drafted Fox and had to trade his rights because he was never going to sign there. Uh, and now it sounds like Hannafin's going to go too. Now these guys, certainly in the case of Kachuk and Goodrow and Hannafin, did play a number of years in uh, Calgary. But that said, they're American guys, and they ultimately decided they wanted to go out. Uh, you know, back to the states. Uh, you look at Fox; he didn't not just want to. Uh, sign in Calgary. He didn't want to sign in Carolina either. Uh, but four American guys. The Oilers had John Marino. Pete Chiarelli, good pick by Pete. Doesn't get credit for it. Just like he probably doesn't get enough credit for the dry settle contract. Um, but Marino didn't want to sign here. When you see that, uh, you, I'm, we're looking at what's going to maybe implode with the Winnipeg Jets. Does it make you, like, I, I know you can't have a bias in drafting against guys from certain parts of the world, but do you look at where there's been greater success for an organization in drafting and retaining the players? No, I mean, you, you, you bring up a real good point, and it's obviously something that we, we talk about internally, uh, you know, quite a bit. Um, but I also do believe uh, deep down inside, hockey players want to win, and um, I'm not saying that the Calgary Flames don't want to win. Um, I'm not in their locker room every day. I don't see what their day-to-day business is. I can only comment on ours. And and I think that, you know, when we're – I think if you look at over the last, say, three or four years, um, you know, you can say about whether it's an American or whether you could say it's about free agency, whether you can talk about the tax uh, implications that, you know, the U.S. to Canada have. I think there are many different factors that come into play that you have to look at, but I I am a true believer that, you know, deep down inside, hockey players want to win. If, and if they don't want to win, we don't want them, to be honest with you. So um, I think if you build a good program um, and you have – uh, obviously, you got two of the best players in in the in the game, um, and you're starting to surround them with some really key people. Um, I think you start seeing that that trend buck a little bit more. So I try to I try to really think of the positives on it rather than more than the negatives. And uh, we take the player and and we put them into the program. We 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 try to develop them and make sure that we have as much communication we can and every resource that we can possible to help these young men develop and be a part of our future. Uh, your draft capital over last year and this year obviously has been deployed to improve the team in the immediate, which all Oilers fans are on board with because they want to win too. That said, uh, you have fewer players. You do have a rookie tournament coming up to Pen- in Penticton, 
And I'm going to guess, as director of player personnel, you're heavily vested in putting together the roster. By the way, the Oilers have got an unbelievable record over the last five or six years in the tournament. Uh, knowing that you have fewer draft drafted players, you guys are going to have to work to fill out the roster, aren't you, for that tournament? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, um, you know... And the work has already started, actually, for that tournament, too. You know, obviously, you're you're dealing with a select few um, people that are able to come to that tournament as far as the European kids or young men are usually in their camps. Uh, um, you know, the NCAA kids and the USHL guys are, are already back in their respective teams. So it's really the CHL junior players um, to fill that out. So... Um, we've already started that work. Um, obviously, uh, we think that you, you know, somebody that goes through the draft, uh, you retain their rights until you do send them back. So you do have the opportunity to sign those players um, while you're in training camp. So it's basically a, you know, a free seventh round pick if you do decide to, or sixth round pick, whatever pick you want to determine that player is at at that point. But. Um, so I, you know, we take that very seriously. We, we we try to, you know, put some fillers out there as far as building out the roster and and um, maybe getting some free looks at maybe some people that go through the draft and give them a good hard look. And before we send them back to junior and their respective clubs, we'll have our internal talk and and um, you never know. All right. Uh, on that note, Borgo and Savoy both had injury plague seasons last year. Would they both be eligible for that tournament? Do you think? That's correct. Okay, good stuff. Uh, it's uh, you know we hear well, it's a really good draft. I mean, I think we both know. Hey, there's some high end talent there. The problem is the Oilers aren't drafting until, until we get into the fifties. Uh, so, can you? I mean, is there a way to sort of how do you assess the depth of a draft? If you got a, you're sitting there, you got a second round pick, and then a sixth or seventh. Do you really know year to year? How deep a draft? Like I look back at the 2011 draft and that first round, the top 10 picks or so, that turned out to be a hell of a draft. That's that's at the top end of the draft, and there were good players later on. Like Kucherov went 58th in that draft. He's the highest scoring player from that draft year. Uh, 2012, I think we all know, was just a horrendous draft. I mean, you know, <laughs> Yakupov went first, Galchenyuk went third, and he's played about six different teams. Uh, Reinhardt went fourth. Uh, he's not even, I, I don't even know where he's played the last two or three years. But where's your, is it, do you think maybe there's a little bit too much deployment of terminology like, oh, this is, a, I mean, hey, we all know Bedard's a star. There's some real exciting players there. But does it get overplayed in terms of, oh, this is a really deep draft? Can you make that assessment? What do you think? We don't. Internally, we don't. We, we don't ever say whether it's a deep draft or not. I mean, I think you can go back through every draft that's ever had. And, um, you know, there are players that were available in the mid-rounds and the late rounds and the seconds and the thirds and guys that should have went up higher than they were up, um, in every draft. And that's our main focus is, you know, there, there are going to be players available. Obviously, you know, if we had the hindsight right now that, you know, you would have three or four years from now, um, but I think that's the beauty of, of of the hard work, the digging and the grinding and the, the relationships that you've built over the course of, you know, years and winters uh, all across the world. Where where can you find a sleeper? Where can you guy? Where can you find a guy that really hasn't kind of popped yet into their development process? 
and do they fit under the philosophy of how you're trying to build your hockey club and um so i don't think that it's you know whether it's a deep draft or not at the end of the day that there are always going to be players that that have gone later that should have gone earlier and and it's our job to unearth that and you know use every method that we can to try to make the right educated decision that we can for the organization two draft years stick out by the way 1980 and 2003 1980 was a combination of two actual draft classes merged in one the Oilers got three hall of fame players in that draft year tyler uh mark messier glenn anderson and kevin Lowe's. that wasn't just a great draft for edmonton there were like 17 guys that played over a thousand games in the nhl and then that 03 draft uh which the organizations that missed on guys and unfortunately edmonton was one of them um the rangers missed uh the they drafted huge jessamine that year and i think he was still playing pro he was still in the nhl playing in 93 but uh or in 03 but that was a, a real deep draft year as well Tyler, we appreciate all the time you gave us have a great trip to uh nashville and uh hopefully you return with two picks and a good player <laughs> i'm with you <laughs> let's go get away Thanks, my man okay. uh, take care that is Tyler right he is the director of amateur scouting player personnel for the Edmonton Oilers. He's our Oilers now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Guests and Oilers now receive gift cards to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurant. Book your vacation for, uh, book your celebration for the census at jvedmonton.ca. Don and the staff will take care of you. We'll come back with NHL today for elite promotional marketing. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. All right, let's get to it. It is NHL Today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. Elite Promotional Marketing is Edmonton-owned and operated. Drew Shamelhorn and the staff at Elite, your local branded merchandise specialist. Head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. Of course, the NHL draft uh, takes place Wednesday and Thursday. Connor Bedard, the consensus number one, fully expect him to go number one. The Nashville Predators have signed Air Earth Nashville. He played in Nashville. The New Jersey Devils have re-signed forward Eric Hollow to a three-year deal, $9.45 million extension, which uh, works out to 3.15 AAV. San Jose Sharks have hired team legend Patrick Marlowe as a player development coach, and the Calgary Flames have added, uh, we talked about it with uh, Tyler Wright, Dan uh, Lambert, and Mark Savard to their coaching staff. Savard actually trumped the organization by tweeting that out yesterday. So they will join Ryan Huska's uh, staff. Uh, we are going to tell you, at this time, Uncle Milt, Brent Ridge Ford, he'll he tell you point blank. Advertising on orders now works. The phone's been ringing off the hook, but they're still in need of quality used vehicles, and they're prepared to pay top dollar for trade-ins or, conversely, outright purchases. Remember, there's a reason why Brent Ridge Ford is a 12-time President's Award winner for customer satisfaction. If you want fair treatment during every aspect of your vehicle purchase and ownership, call Johnny Rich, Uncle Milton, the gang at Brent Ridge Ford, 780-352-6048. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn when we come back for GCL Diesel, Louis DeBrusque.